Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Are you ready for another week of the NFL Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer? Happy holidays to you and yours from our studios in Los Angeles. My name is Andrew Siciliano, the man on the other side of the screen, the man who makes the power rankings. You can see him, by the way, just scan the QR code right there. Happy holidays to Eric at home, and you know it's happy, Eric, when you have four of the top seven and five of the top nine losing. Your life must be miserable. It is. I didn't. Well, I guess it made it easier. I didn't move anyone down or up because I didn't know what to do with any of these teams. Are they for real? Are they contenders? What are they? We'll have to find out, I guess. Oh, man, I don't know. NFL.com slash power rankings or again, scan the QR code where for the second consecutive week, you're going to see the 49ers here as the number one team. They punched the Eagles in the mouth. They then came back home, had a little bit of a challenge early from the Seahawks, but they are the number one. And then you have the Ravens at number two who needed overtime to beat the Rams but they are just fine. And then it kind of gets interesting. You got the Cowboys at three, the Eagles at four. That game was over in five minutes against Philadelphia on Sunday night. The Dolphins, oy. I mean, everyone's hurting. They lost at home to the Titans, but they don't move. I mean, there's a dilemma, because what do you do? Because the Chiefs lost, and they're still complaining, and they're at six. And then the Lions lost, like they should have lost to the Bears last time, and they're at seven. And then the fighting Joe Flacco's. Move up to eight. I mean, where do we begin, Eric? Other than saying, I think clearly the 49ers are one, and then it's kind of just throw it against the wall. Yeah, the the group of halves right now feels like one or maybe a very small group of teams, and the 49ers are definitely charter members of that right now. I mean, forget the three-game losing streak. They've been great. They were great before it. Uh, Everything seems to be clicking. The interesting thing about Sunday, Andrew, is that it really wasn't consistent. They didn't get any offensive flow till late, but when you have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle ripping off big plays the way they did. They got more than half their yards Sunday on eight plays. So it's a little bit hot and cold, but they find a way and they get pretty good health on, on defense. They were worried about Traverius Ward, Hargrave. Both those guys seem to like they're okay long-term. So uh, the, the winners keep on winning. And they get Arizona this week. That game is in Arizona. Then the Christmas night home game against the oh, Ravens yeah. for the 49ers are the one seed in the NFC, and they have the head-to-head, which is the most important thing, against both the Cowboys and the Eagles. They stomped on both of those teams, so they have a clear path to number one, with San Francisco still number one in our power rankings. The Ravens are number two. They needed overtime. I mean, again, they've had some battles at home. They weren't able to win that game against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. That was a huge game at home. This one kind of felt the same. But this one, Eric, they pulled out, and with the Dolphins losing, get to them in a second. I mean, Baltimore's got that clear path to number one. 
Yeah, it, it seems pretty clear right now, at least the way the, the Dolphins play, weren't able to put the Titans away, suffered a huge setback. So this is Baltimore's game. You're right, it did take some effort there, but a lot of good things did come out of this game, I think. Lamar Jackson in the downfield passing game to OBJ, to Isaiah Likely, to Zay Flowers, who had the touchdown and the crucial two-point conversion. They don't get that. They don't win the game because the Rams did kick a field goal to tie it right after that. So, you know, also the, the the huge special teams play in overtime, typical Ravens play. They find a guy, the 53rd man on the roster, if you will, goes and wins it for him. You know, defensively, a little bit of concern. Kyle Hamilton gets banged up. It sounds like they avoided a major injury with him, though. So, and look, Marlon Humphrey back, struggled a little bit in this game. But to me, Andrew, if you remember his first game back after missing the first four contests of the season, he struggled, but then was good after that. So I assume this is just an acclimation period. The schedule, though, for the Ravens is brutal. Oh, yeah. They're in Jacksonville <laughs> on Sunday night, although the Jaguars aren't any good at home. They're 2-4 and four at home. Then they have to go to San Francisco, as mentioned, on Christmas night. Then Miami. That game is, in essence, week 17 for the number one overall seed. And then the Steelers yep. at home, week 18. Who knows what the Steelers are fighting for, but the Ravens will likely have to win that game to hold on to number one. But they do have that clear path, and they stay at number two. The Cowboys are up one. They are number three, and they are our team of the week, presented by truest they got a good win eric congratulations yep. to the dallas cowboys for getting a good win a really really good win and if they had not been stomped by the 49ers in santa clara a month ago yeah. six weeks ago whatever that was on that sunday night i, I guess you kind of might make an argument they have a they have a claim at number one Right? I mean, that game is probably the difference right there. Arizona losing to them earlier in the season, too. But still, I, I think you look at the momentum they've made and the progress they've had since, uh, you know, really the last two months or so. And, and since that San Francisco game, Dak Prescott's been terrific. I don't know that the other night was his finest performance, but outplayed Jalen Hurts, had everything going in the first half. And how about a, a little clap for Mike McCarthy for a guy who was on the operating table uh, days before yeah. the game. Well done. Showed a lot of life. Play calling, got a TD reversed and and made a, a tough call on on a couple long field goals that worked out. So he was flipping aces all night. The the, the first half was brilliant and it, it was a statement performance overall by Dallas. And Dak is looking at an MVP here potentially. He is playing lights out. They're working everyone into the offense. Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle was able to come back from injury. He yeah. showed great burst here as well. And you spoke of the appendix injury. Did you see they had Matt Willetsko, the offensive lineman, standing near McCarthy the entire game? Honestly, he was there to protect yeah. McCarthy. If there was any sideline shrapnel coming at the coach where he would have to get out of the way only a couple of days off the operating table, Matt Willetsko was there to block for him. Hey, it, it, we'll do that down at the Sear Bowl. I'll be your protection when you roam around on the sidelines. Right. Deal? Because that's what I need, obviously. <laughs> I have to roll with security. I'm going to be in Alabama, so I need those two state troopers a la Nick Saban whenever I walk out onto the field with the big wide-brim hats. Yeah. Um, no. I approve. Let's do that. Cowboys <laughs> in Buffalo this Sunday. By the way, it's going to be cold, like yeah. maybe in the high 30s. So we'll see how the Cowboys deal with that. After beating the Eagles, who are now down one, let's talk about them. They are now number four in your power rankings, and they could have some weather as well. They have to go to Seattle, cold, rainy, Monday night here. This is just a, another trip, another stop 
on a gauntlet of a schedule. But the, the Eagles have been beaten badly by the Niners, beaten badly by the Cowboys in consecutive weeks. Right. There's no shame in losing to these top five type teams or top 10 teams, right? But it's the way they lost. And, yeah. and speaking of cold, I mean, that defense has gone through the ringer recently and, and 10 straight possessions between you know the San Francisco game and what we saw Sunday night where they allowed a touchdown, nine of, or excuse me, a score, and nine of them were touchdowns. Now, the scoop and score did get him back in the game, and you felt like with Jalen Hurts and those guys, you have a chance, but Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, the big three, all of them put a fumble on the ground. Dallas recovered all three, you know, and where's DeAndre Swift gone the last two games? It's kind of a curious one, too. I mean, he's been getting that 15 to 20 catches, really been a great spark for them, or 15 to 20 touches, but the last two, he's only had 19 total, so we're kind of curious about his usage and, and what they uh, see going forward. Eagles, it's not that they lost. You make a great point. It is how they lost, and there are people yeah. panicking in Philadelphia. I don't think that's an exaggeration because they go, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, we got 10 wins. But, yeah, the teams you've lost to are the teams you're going to have to beat to get to Vegas, and those teams have beaten you badly. All right, speaking of, of getting beaten, and they didn't get beaten badly, but it was a bad, bad, bad loss. The Dolphins, yep. you, you don't have moving. They're at, they're at five, and partly because – everyone else in the top eight or nine lost. But I don't know how you reconcile this here. Uh, Eric, Tyreek Hill should have won the MVP on Monday night because without him, they're nothing. The offensive line's banged up. You got key pieces on defense out. Like, what do you make of the Dolphins now? Yeah, before I was forced to kind of rewrite my uh, my comment for this week's power rankings late in the game, uh, you know, with about three minutes left, I felt pretty good about what I wrote. I said exactly what you did. I said, Hill's capstone for his MVP case this year should be the tape with him on the field yeah. and the tape without. Now, I mean, it's just a stark difference. And you could see the crowd and the team really you know, get energized when he came back out there. But they couldn't punch it in early. They only got those two gift touchdowns because of defensive plays and special teams plays. So I'm really worried about this offense. And then the defense, which had carried them all night, you know, had their early touchdown, the only offensive TD until the final five minutes. But uh, look, it was just those last two drives where they got soft and they got passive and Tennessee moved down the field with Will Levis. And suddenly, and, and you made a great point earlier this morning, we were talking offline, the number of injuries that have piled up, yep. not just Hill came back, Connor Williams to center. He's probably gone for a, you know extended period. And then the defense getting wrecked as well. So yeah. it's just, They've been put through the, the meat ringer all of a sudden. Meat grinder, I should say, all of a sudden. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Phillips <laughs> and uh, Jerome Baker, both of them are out, obviously, on the defensive side. Phillips isn't coming back. The offensive line is all banked up. Waddle left the game. Uh, Tyreek yeah. Hill, obviously, left the game. And they did not look the same. I thought it was interesting afterwards. Tyreek Hill, I'm sorry, uh, Tua, said, well, they're trying to put a top over our, over our offense defensively. That's what the Titans are doing. I'm like, well, that's what you face yep. every day. That's what Vic Fangio does. Right. In practice, yep. you know, kind of got to get used to it here. And the Dolphins have a tough schedule. They get the Ravens. They get the Bills week 18. Uh, fascinating. All right, the Chiefs. Let's just get this out of the way right now. Kadarius Tony was offside. Full stop. End of conversation. The flag came out immediately. Amen. There were far more egregious, questionable calls, like a block in the back on the Tylen Wallace return. This was not one of them, guys. So quit your yapping. You have the Chiefs, Eric. At six, they're not moving. 
yeah, another example of a team that lost, and, and I couldn't reward any of them by moving them up. There wasn't any really quality losses in that range, and, you know, the Chiefs are among that group. I just felt like even though they were competitive in that game, so many missed opportunities. Another disappointing script where they fall behind by two scores and expect a struggling offense to kind of bail them out of it. It's just not happening right now for Mahomes and company. Yes, that was a brilliant play they pulled off. Yes, had Kadarius Tony had his foot about three quarters of a yard backward, they probably let it slide. But I'm sorry, those are the rules. And I thought it was a bad look that their frustration, talking about Andy Reid and Mahomes, boiled over. So they did come back to their credit and say, look, okay, I, I think I understand what the what the big picture is here. But, you know, deflecting on these kind of issues when really it's been a chronic problem drop passes, uh, you know, misconnections on offense for some time now. And they've got to find a way to fix it. And that defense isn't carrying as much of the load as it was at one point in the season. I think it was Schrager, maybe it was Kyle Monday on GMF. He made the point. It seemed like there was a lot more coming out there from Mahomes. It wasn't just the officiating. It was like, I've been babysitting this offense for three months now. Can, can you guys get it together? Like, Dad can't yep. do this forever, okay? You kids yep. have to figure this out. It's not all Dad's fault. Like, you, got, you guys have to take care of yourselves here, right? Anyway, moving on. The Lions are at seven. They don't move despite losing to the Bears um, and, and losing handily to the Bears. And then you have the fight in Joe Flacco's. The Cleveland Browns, who are up to eight. They're up from 10 to eight, but they lose Jed Wills and DeWan Jones. I mean, yeah. Having to work without your two offensive tackles is not easy. But Joe's giving him a lift, and I love how Browns fans have embraced uh, the one-time enemy, the guy who beat him, uh, what, 18 out of 21 starts in his career. All of a sudden, he's kind of the savior, even with a couple mistakes per game. You get it. He was he was parked on his couch a few weeks ago, but he's come in, added a layer of professionalism, added that downfield passing touch and, and just ability that they really didn't unlock much before. It wasn't a consistent part of their, their game, so... You know, getting his receivers involved, getting David Njoku involved, it's been a much different looking offense. And so, you know, can they survive without these tackles? Well, I, they have so far. And, you know, they benefit from other people's losses. They've moved up because of the defense and, and what Flacco's been able to bring. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is scheming up wide open touchdowns. Opening drive last <laughs> yeah. two games, wide open touchdowns. The David Bell thing was just a coverage bust and a guy fell down. But the fact that David Bell was running untouched 50 yards for a touchdown. I mean, write that into your script. Fourth and three, too. Yeah. Yep. Wow. All right. We're just getting rolling through the top eight. How about the team that went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs? Where are the Buffalo Bills? They're yet to be revealed, but we'll do that next on the Power Ranking Show presented by Energy. Let's get back to the power rankings. They are presented by Energizer. Eric at home asks you to scan the QR code on the left or go to NFL.com to see the Jaguars down 1-9, to nine, followed by the Bills at 10, the Broncos at 11. They're a big mover up 5. The Texans at 12, down 3. The Bengals also up 5. They're at 13. And then the Steelers, the Colts, and the Green Bay Packers. All right, at home. The Buffalo Bills, we said it last week, just get them in. Find a way to get them in. That game in Kansas City, after the article late in the week about Sean McDermott by Ty Dunn, was a referendum on that staff and on that locker room and on that team. Um, They voted across the board, yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a rough week, no doubt about it, coming in. The Bills were already up against it in the football department. Then that story drops about something that happened four years ago. And then I'm not, you know, again, I'm not uh, saying it was good nor bad. I'm just saying that occurred. And then there was the Von Miller stuff still lingering. And, you know, they went in and and got off to an uh, early lead and and held on for dear life. Uh, But we've seen those MVP flashes from, from Josh Allen. We've seen the defense at least make some plays and, yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of work left, Andrew, but you've you've seen life in this team. And, you know, in an in a upper-middle class right now that feels like it's bereft of that that challenger, that, that team that can rise up and, and go up against the 49ers and the Ravens of the world, the Bills are that team, in my opinion. They're not perfect. They have lots of warts, but they have the firepower on their best days to go toe-to-toe with, with teams like Philly and Kansas City. So... They may be 11th in the AFC power rankings, but they're 10th in my overall power rankings, and that's reflective of of, of what I think they can do down the stretch. But they still got to get in. Right now, they're not. They are one of six teams in the AFC. Six (laughs) at seven and six. And they have the best quarterback situation of any of them, so just get them in. Another one of those teams, the Denver Broncos, who keep on winning and keep on moving up. Let's do... Future champions here presented by FanDuel. Odds to win the AFC West. The Chiefs are still the prohibitive favorite. Well, the Broncos are now right on their heels. They're only one back in the win column. They are plus 900. And they have a huge game, as mentioned, on NFL Network Saturday evening in Detroit. Eric, if they win that one, I mean, look out. Vance Joseph, assistant coach of the year. After people in Denver were calling for him to be fired this season, simply put, the most incredible in-season turnaround of any unit. We saw the evidence, and not just the Miami game, right? It was other games prior to that and even after where you thought, I don't think this defense has a chance to be middle of the pack, right? But they've now entered into arguably a top 10 or 12 group. They're playing like a top five group, uh, at least they did on Sunday. Justin Herbert knocked out of the game. Probably their best all-around defensive performance really clamped down. They took apart a Chargers offensive line that was at least entering the season one of their strengths. So, yeah, this was a complete performance defensively. Offensively, you know, the early turnover kind of set them back, and there's still a lack of firepower. But when you've got Russell Wilson throwing to Cortland Sutton, it ends up at some point inevitably in a touchdown. They've been great this year, 10 hookups in the end zone. So, you know, they've got a formula that seems to be working, even with moving parts and and different things they have to navigate. And like you said, one game back of the Chiefs, what kind of odds would you have gotten at 0-4? Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, uh, utterly ridiculous here. You mentioned Cortland Sutton. He has those 10 touchdowns. They've been in 10 different games. He has one touchdown, an individual touchdown, in 10 different games. So he has meant that much week in, week out. It's not like a guy who scored four times in one game and then has kind of been throwing him out there. No. 10 touchdowns in 10 games. Another one of those 7-16. and 16. I'm not ready to count the Texans out yet. They are still 12, but they dropped three spots. They're dealing with now C.J. Stroud and concussion protocol. No Dalton Schultz, yep. no Tank Dell last week. Man, uh, they, they ran into a buzzsaw in Zach Wilson in the rain in New York. Yeah, it looked like Nico Collins, okay, he's going to step up and be the number one. He goes over 1,000 yards in the game and then gets hurt too. So you're losing Dell and Collins and Schultz. You know, there was only so many options that, that that Stroud had to throw to, but it was also his worst game. He missed some throws too. So prior to the concussion, you could say, look, the Jets got in his head a little bit, made it tough on him. And all of a sudden this feel good story, you know, it's almost like they're getting ready to be graduated into off season darling story. Cause 
Right now, after this loss, it feels like they're up against it. They had no answers defensively for Zach Wilson, you know, who we didn't even think might start this weekend, given the, the hesitancy there. So, you know, other other than the fumble, I mean, it was a tough night on that side of the ball. And uh, they have a lot of soul searching and a, and a lot of uh, healing to do in the next few days. Look, they're not out of it. They go to Tennessee. Right. The Titans, yes, the Titans yep. won Monday night, right? But it's a short week. Yes. They got to come back home. They're not exactly True. world beaters. They're feeling good about themselves. But Houston can still very much get in this. They are only the eighth seed. They're only, you know, one spot out right now of making the yep. postseason. Let's make some power moves. They are presented by Energizer. Yep, they did it again. Jake Browning and the Bengals did it. Again, this time they beat the Colts, and they are up five spots this week to 13. They're up seven spots in two weeks. Yeah, the pride of Folsom, right? I mean, he's come in and with almost no expectations. Remember all the uh, consternation about who Burroughs' backup would be in August? Well, Jake Browning's it, and right now he's the starter, and he's playing like the the five-star recruit he was in, in high school. You know, the player that a lot of people felt was destined for NFL stardom at that age. Well, it's finally come at age 27 for him, so you can't be happier for him. I mean, they're running his offense. Maybe not as much uh, the Joe Burrow offense, that is. Not, not as much of the shotgun stuff and everything Burrow does, but it's pretty close, and he's done a good job. He found nine different receivers. They got the screen game going. That was a huge part of the win. And, you know, this isn't somebody who's just forcing the ball to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and, and, and keeping his fingers crossed. No, he looks confident delivering the ball, and they pretty much de demolished the Colts outside of that one turnover late in the second quarter. Uh, you know, from start to finish, they pretty much controlled that game. Yep, Chase Brown's getting into it now. How about him? How about yeah. the rookie there? He has been electric, had the long touchdown where he was the second fastest ball carrier this year behind DK Metcalf. I mean, that is ridiculous. And they had the edge this week, certainly, as they are at home yet again. And the Vikings were late in Vegas, and then they got to fly on Friday. So that is coming up Saturday on NFL Network. Coming up next, however, on the Power Ranking Show here presented by Energizer. We haven't revealed yet the NFC South champion. Uh, we're a leader. We have to. Uh, and plus the Rams. Where are they? Week 15 NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer. The Vikings don't move. They're at 17. The Buccaneers are up 5 to 18 after beating the Falcons, followed by the Seahawks, the Rams. Atlanta's at 21. New Orleans, 22. The Bears and then the Titans at 23. And at 24, the Buccaneers now go to Lambeau Field. Eric, we are contractually obligated to talk about the NFC South. Their highest team is 18. And 18 was a stretch. <laughs> I mean, I moved him up five spots. Now, that's a lot for a, for a pretty narrow victory against another mediocre team in Atlanta. But like you said, someone's going to win that division. You know, the Falcons kind of shot themselves in the foot. But give credit to the Bucks. Baker Mayfield was gritty. Beautiful touchdown pass to Auden to win it. I mean, they, they battled in this game. They got the two-score lead and, and kind of played from ahead and then had to come back. You know, it's never pretty with them, but and they got away with a possible fumble there late with Rashad White, but White was better in the second half. You know, it's it's just one of those things. It's hard to find a ton of positives, but the defense did make a couple of plays that, that kind of set the tone early. They give up yards, but they, they find a way to make just enough plays to kind of keep them in games. Hey, the positive is the winner of that division is going to host a playoff game. 
maybe even against the Cowboys. Well, All right, the Rams <laughs> lost in Baltimore. They lost in overtime in the rain, but they don't move. You have them at number 20. They are still very much in the playoff race here, even though they are 6-7. and seven. Thought about moving them up, too, just like I thought about moving the Vikings down after their win. I mean, it's all subjective, I guess. But, yeah, out of an old-school game from Stafford, he was out there slinging it. Cooper Cup had his first big game in a while. Nakua, that amazing sliding grab. I mean, there were so many elements for a victory here. Kyron Williams, great again. But defense, giving up those those kind of unfettered big plays down the field, they, those coverage busts just, just can't happen, right? And so, yeah, Nakua, great. Defense, not so good. Yeah, I'd like to see him tighten the screws a little bit on that side of the ball. But, boy, Sean McVay has shown everybody. He knows how to coach and scheme against good defenses, and he did it Sunday, and they were just a little bit short. Absolutely. Uh, we're a little bit short on time. Let's get the last full screen here and go 25 down. Full screen TV turn. The Jets are up two. They're 25. Then the Chargers, Herbert's half for the year. The Giants, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, they're both magic. Then the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Commanders, and the Carolina Panthers. Eric, you have 15 seconds. Pick a team. Say something nice. I'm going to say something nice about my hometown team. The Chicago Bears, three out of four wins, look great, finished off Detroit, what they couldn't do before. Hat tip to them. Eberflus, Poles, Fields, all three did themselves very well this week. They are number 23, and they face the Browns this week in Cleveland. For Eric Edholm, my name is Andrew Siciliano. This is always, eh, we're going to figure it out as we go. But you know what? I think we had fun. So long, everybody. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.